Hi, I'm Carla Wainwright. And I'm Little Leah. And welcome to the Radical Sex Witches podcast, where we explore the themes of sexuality, feminism, consciousness, love, healing, ritual, magic, and all things witchy and wonderful. Hello, all you harlots of horror, and welcome to another episode of the Radical Sex Witches. I'm Little Leah, and with me, as always, is one ho, ho, ho. <laughs> oh, wrong season. Not even December. <laughs> Carla Wainwright. <laughs> Hi, oh, Leah. Horror. Oh, ho, horror. Oh, ho, horror. Ho, ho, ho. Well, we're off to a good start already. <laughs> That's right. And I need everyone to know that I pretty much peer pressured Carla into making, aside from the October 1st show that already has uh, aired, a peer pressured her into making this like a totally horror and Halloween month. Yep. This is my jam, baby. And I was like, we're not talking about like frou-frou for your woo-woo. We're going to talk about gross shit. And I'm just long for the ride because I think I've already said before, horror is not my jam, but I love how knowledgeable you are. And just like you light up when you talk about horror. So it's going to be great. That's that's kind of fucking sick. I love it. That's great. (laughs) I light up when I talk about horror. Well, because it's like your thing. You're, you just know so much about it. (laughs) I don't know if that's a curse or, you know, (laughs) live somewhere in the village of useless facts in my brain. (laughs) think we all have that village (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's just different little genres of interest that's right right. mine's the history village (laughs) yours is the history village (laughs) multiple villages it's a medieval town yeah the victorian smut history village it's true true true. (laughs) so we are kicking things off this week by tapping into the bad bitches of horror you know the spooky chicks the villains and demonesses who could bust your skull open with just a glance And the scary realm is just yet another place where the patriarchy runs supreme. So classic killers at the top of the food chain include Dracula, Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers, Chucky, Jason Voorhees, and many more. And while we love them, you know, come on. This is the show we do for women, about women. Let's do it. (laughs) Absolutely. And, you know, even though it is a genre where there are, you know, a lot of men and patriarchy, like you said, runs supreme, there are lots of female baddies. And What's interesting is they often follow a number of different tropes. So we've got the dangerous seductress, uh, the beautiful femme fatale who um, has some kind of wicked intent, someone who can morph into a terrifying creature. Um, And it also can be tied to misogynistic attitudes on gender and sexuality. So, you know, meaning that women are not what they seem, that women need to be controlled, that they're emotional, dangerous and lesser creatures. Um, but don't ever think they're helpless because, you know, those bad bitches, they have some pretty big power. Yeah. So I want you guys to drink every time we say bad bitches, because we're going to say it a lot in this episode, just like now. So here's a list of bad bitches that we're going to be raising a glass to this week. And it's by no means like we're going to get shit on by the real horror people out there, but being like, why not this person, this person and this person, but just, you know, bear with us. So the first one we're bringing up. The demon who possesses a sacrifice Megan Fox in Jennifer's body. Have you seen this one, Carla? No. <laughs> That's okay. But like, think <laughs> of it. This is a list that we're growing for you to go and watch later. 
down the road, you know? So anyways, in Jennifer's body, sure. She's a cheerleader, but once she's possessed, she trades in her pom-poms for a razor set of sharp teeth. And she easily reels in her prey, you know, those dumb men with her smoke show good looks. And this was one off the top that like, I wasn't like an immense fan of at the beginning, but it really has gained like, you know, a level of cult status. A lot of people do enjoy Jennifer's body. Okay. I'll put it on my list. Maybe. I mean, the thing for me, I just like, I find horror so hard to watch. I literally feel like I'm 10 with a blanket over my head because there is a blanket over my head and I'm peeking. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas the people in my community were like, oh, this is a comfort film. I'm going to put on a whole bunch of people getting killed and it's going to make me feel better after a shitty day. (laughs) Yeah. It's actually really interesting how people react. So, so Marco finds them really boring. So he doesn't find, I mean, I find a horror terrifying. You're finding it as a comfort film. That is interesting. A lot of people in the horror community do. They're like, these are my comfort films. And, you know, I have a very big community on Twitter of a lot of friends and are at the root of our friendship. It's horror movies. So, yeah. Hmm. Anyways, who's our next bad bitch? Next bad bitch is the telekinetic known as Carrie. And I have seen this one. So Leah very generously actually gave me two, <laughs> two films, maybe the two out of three that I've actually seen. <laughs> so um, Carrie, it's based on the Stephen King story. And you know what? I read it first. So that's a big, if I can read it first, then I can, I've do, read it as better, well. I can do way better watching the film. And that was directed by Brian De Palma in 1976. And he makes sure that, of course, Sissy Spacek, who's the who is Carrie, is bullied and mistreated by everyone around her. And we really feel for her um, before, you know, she f- turns a page and <laughs> pretty much kills everyone. Um, so then we also like we throw in rage and hormones and a surprise gift of telekinesis and a little bit of blood and puberty into the yeah. mix. And, um, you know, as her body changes, her powers increase, which is, by the way, true. And uh, you're reflecting the idea that when girls turn into women, they become uh, not only powerful, but volatile and dangerous. And that's definitely. Don't uh, fuck with my menstrual cycle. <laughs> <laughs> and it seems like menstrual cycles are are actually often uh, used in horror in some way. One thousand percent. It is a common theme that we are going to return to in a later episode this month. Don't you worry, listeners. <laughs> um, and then the other part about Carrie is that her irrational and violent behavior uh, is it's really seen as fulfilling male fears of what happens when women are not properly controlled. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or truer to the theme that this is the risk you run when a young woman endures a lifetime of being dominated. And then she snaps. And she fucking kills everybody. Like yep. she's literally like... Th- has barely any I don't even think does she have a friend even like in the film like her mom's a fucking bitch everyone in school makes a joke out of her basically like there's a oh god I can't remember her name I can see her but there was the one girl that gets away at the end I think and like she was not as mean and maybe sympathized Mm -hmm. a smidge with Carrie right and you know I was bullied in in elementary school quite a bit but I never had Carrie like fantasies. But I think when I watched that film, I was like, huh? <laughs> yeah, but like, okay. <laughs> Let's just say we woke up one at we're teenage girls. Stick with us, audience. We're teenage girls. Go back. And you wake up one day and your body's changing, but like Carrie, you have telekinesis. 
And you really think your life's turning around when that hot guy invites you to the prom and you're dumped with pig's blood. Like, do you think, like, we've talked about our adolescent selves before when we talked about spell casting and shit. And yeah. it was for either love or revenge. Yeah. <laughs> so what would you do with that telekinetic power? Like, I'd be fucking shit up too. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing. She just, it's like, she, she just has this well, really, literally otherworldly experience where it just it just completely takes over her. So, yeah. She's a bad bitch. <laughs> I mean, like, I think that she's not as she's not an evil bad bitch like some of the chicks that we're talking about in this list and whatnot. But like, you know. The patriarchy and all that shit forced yeah. her to. So anyways, we're moving on to The Wolf in Ginger Snaps. And this is a shout out to a very Canadian classic film. And you've never seen this one, Carla, because like, I think that this would be one that you should watch with Cleo, with your okay. daughter. Because it's, uh, yeah, it's cult status. We, I think we watched it last year on the last drive-in and I was so, my heart was beaming that like a Canadian cult classic made it to that show. So this film's all about teen angst and once again, puberty. But unlike Carrie, Ginger's not someone who goes through a transformation due to bullying, but because she's bit by a werewolf on a full moon night in October, which also happens to be when she gets her first period. And she's not seeking revenge on anyone. She just likes to kill because she can. <laughs> and in Ginger's newfound sex sexuality, she dresses to seduce, takes what she wants, be it sex, blood, or control. And you know what? Like often werewolves tend to be males in most of the stories, yeah. but there's an underlying theme that, of this movie that expresses the beast-like nature that lurks in all of us. And they're, they're, this is a franchise. They've done like, oh shit, don't kill me, people listening. But there's at least three of them. But number one, like, Number one's fantastic. And for when it was made, which I believe was the 90s, please don't quote me, um, you know, the effects and whatnot were for, were fantastic. So, okay, I'll check that out. I mean, that's, I've actually never heard of a female werewolf. werewolf. Um, so, yeah. Really? I'm I'm, I mean, I'm sure that there's a couple that's out there besides, but like Ginger Snaps uh, holds up for the test of time for sure. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. All right, so we we covered one demon already with Jennifer's body, and one of the most famous ever to hit the screen, of course, is uh, Regan and the Exorcist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I've seen, <laughs> but it was a really long time ago. But it, uh, yeah, I was thinking about it today. I was like, yeah, those visuals really stick with you. In that movie. <laughs> oh yeah, and for the time that it came out, like people were terrified in the theater, like they had never seen anything like that with such blasphemy and language and like the fact that it's a child that's like, you know, a, a tween that this is happening yeah. to, it really fucked with people. And it still yeah. does to this day, actually. And didn't it also get nominated for best picture? Um, I don't know. I'd have to go look that up. Actually. I think it, I think I was reading that it did. I could be totally wrong. Uh, Twitter horror people don't, don't jump on me. <laughs> They can't find you. You're not. They on can't Twitter, find me. I know. Like, they'll just come for me. They'll be like, "Jesus, Leah, I fucking smack." You should know this. <laughs> so, in The Exorcist, the heart of the story emphasizes the loss of innocence, particularly as Regan goes from incredibly sweet <laughs> to snarling at a troubling rate. And so, not only is she like this tween on the cusp of puberty, but a horror of horrors. She's raised by a single mother. Uh, so remembering that this is this is in the 70s. And so Absolutely. That was, yeah, that was considered pretty subversive. So when Regan gets sick, it's often attributed by scientific men that her mom did not do enough to protect her daughter from this unique form of infection. So, yeah, blame the mom 
unfit to be a mother because she's a single mom. Yeah. And her body and mind are po- prodded and poked um, until she acts out aggressively and uh, including attempting to bite at one psychiatrist's genitals. He probably had it coming. Yeah. <laughs> and then despite being an atheist, Regan's mom finally turns to the church after her daughter uses a crucifix as a masturbation aid, um, which is followed by pushing her mother's face into the mess, quote mess. And um, Regan also changes her command from let Jesus fuck you to instructing her mother to lick me before she punches her mom in the face. Jesus, fuck me, lick me, lick me. That's my Regan. (laughs) (laughs) So we have this little girl on the cusp of womanhood, (laughs) which emphasizes Regan's transformation from angel into devil, which clearly has, you know, a sexual undertones and, and the female body cannot be controlled uh, without the presence of an authoritative male figure. Uh, without one, a female body is unruly and will unleash a barrage of bodily fluids. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> Squirt. <laughs> or in her case, vomit, <laughs> everything. Yeah. 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 That movie, it's still, it, it's, it's funny how certain films still stand up in like the test of time, right? Like you could still... You know, there's so many people out there. When we did Stephen King rules, we asked like the very first year that we did it, we asked people, what was your introduction to horror? And they always, almost everybody gave the exact same answer that like, as not even a teenager, like as a young child, it was either The Shining or The Exorcist. Like (laughs) (laughs) a lot of people got their feet wet on those films. So, oh, I've seen The Shining. So there, that's three. There you go. See? <laughs> and then our last bad bitch that we're you know gonna you know do a bit of a deep dive into. I love 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 Clive Barker. So I want to add Julia Cotton from the Hellraiser series. And so Julia, she's trapped in a bland marriage to a bland man. A woman is consumed. You know, this woman she's consumed by erotic memories to the point that she'll do anything to make them a reality again, even killing in order to fully resurrect the man she loves. And resume their physical relationship. And that guy's name is Frank. Um, And instead of the usual axe-wielding maniac preying on young girls that we, you know, see in a lot of, like, slasher-type tropes, uh, Julia's a 30-something woman in shoulder pads, you know, luring slimy yuppies to her family home with the promise of afternoon delight and then smashing their heads in with a hammer so her skinless lover can feed off of them. That's hot. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and yeah, like we're missing the big fact that there's a box and the Cenobites, which are like, you know, a di- part of the like, you know, the whole entire Hellraiser franchise. Um, but the film also shows through a very female gaze, um, which is different because and we're going to talk about this in another episode coming up this month. Like horror is very like male gaze dominated. So it's different to see this female gaze, both both from Julia's perspective um, and from the hero of the film, Christy, who, who is her stepdaughter. And the focus being on the resurrected lover of Frank, both as a sexual object and a monster. And then the attic where Frank hides inside is dark, dank, and bloody, and it's symbolic of a womb where Julia is growing something monstrous, and it's a parasite that she has to feed. And at the start of the film, Julia is set up as, you know, the stereotypical goth heroine moving into her family's inherited home, only discover the bloody family secret that lurks beneath the floorboards, but then rather fight it to defend her family. She's like, fuck it, I'm going to team up with it, right? (laughs) So I really 
really love the Hellraiser series. I've read, I've read this book. I've seen the film. I love anything that Clive Barker does. And what I find really funny because they are doing a Hellraiser series pretty quickly coming out onto Hulu. And I really hope that Disney plus picks it up for Canada. Um, all of Twitter, not all of Twitter. I'm sorry. That's not true. A big chunk on Twitter is like, whoa, like Hellraiser's gay club Barker as gay characters. And it's like, you literally have never read a, a single piece of Barker's work ever because it's always like heavily like, you know, LGBTQ plus tones since the minute that he started writing. So I find that pretty fascinating. And and so then all of like the horror LGBTQ plus community on Twitter is like, he's ours. I mean, we've known this forever. <laughs> so I find that pretty funny, but like, yeah, Clive Barker is like my favorite of all favorites. Okay. I will put it on my list. So um, there is a very small list of the bad bitches of horror from both film and literature um, sorry, this is a small batch. Like there's tons. Sorry. Oh, about that. so many. Yeah. And um, like we could just sit and focus on a whole bunch of these and we'd be here all day and night long. Um, but we're just gonna move now to some honorable, some important honorable mentions. I mean, that would be my dream come true just to sit here and talk about this all day, but you know, we don't want to kill our listeners. So we're gonna start off with the vampire bad bitches, the quick shout-outs. I want to start with Claudia from Interview with the Vampire. There's all sorts of shit going on with a child vampire that's never going to become a woman. Mm -hmm. Okay. Have you seen Interview with the Vampire? Yes. Okay. Thank fuck. So I I love <laughs> Anne Rice. She's my close second. I just watched the new TV series on AMC. Holy fuck. So good. And it's it deviates a lot from the novel, which okay. sometimes that really pisses me off. But it's fucking cool. Like, and they're showing nudity and they're saying fuck on AMC and gay sex. Like, I fucking love it. I'm I'm signed up for it. Like, I'm in yeah, it I actually, thanks for reminding me. I had seen something about that. I was like, oh, I should watch that. So, yeah, should, it's really out. good. I really enjoyed the first episode. Um, also, another sh uh, shout out to Santonico Pandemonium from Dusk Till Dawn, played by Salma Hayek. Have you seen from Dusk Till Dawn? Mm -mm. Oh, for fuck's sakes. I don't know if I can be your friend anymore. This one's a classic. <laughs> But any vampire babe that tells a man, I'm going to drain you completely. You'll feed on the blood of stray dogs. You'll be my footstool. And at my command, you'll lick the dog shit from my boot hill. Since you'll be my dog, your new name will be Spot. Welcome to slavery is my kind of gal. And then I also for like on the quick list here, I need to give a shout out to Pam from True Blood. She's smart, sexy, vicious, and has some of the best one liners in the series. Like, I'll give you 24 hours to deliver that witch to me. And if you don't, I'll personally eat, fuck, and kill all three of you. Did you I watch True that. Blood? Yes, I have. Okay. Well, see, you're not as bad as you're making yourself out to be. Yeah, but that was awesome. like, it's not super scary, right? So it's it's the it's it's bloody this, though. Uh, that's fine. I the gore and blood, I'm not, it's the suspense and the scary mm -hmm. bit that just that's the piece that, that I really don't like. So Okay, uh, some honorable mentions of bad witches include we have Ava Ernst, aka the high, uh, the grand high witch from the witches. So yes, it's a kid story, but she wants to rid the world of children and her in her truest form is just plain grotesque. I love that original movie with Angelica Houston. Yes. So good. Yeah, so good. Uh, Bellatrix Lestrange uh, from Harry Potter. Um, why are so many bad witches in children's literature? Well, I guess to train them young to be scared of them, I suppose. <laughs> uh, but she's one of the most evil as she often gleefully brags of her kills and wants all her, um, all the non-magic people to be wiped out. 
And just a, a fun fact, I have a chicken named Bellatrix. <laughs> Is she an evil chicken? No, she's like actually one of the sweetest ones. <laughs> but she is named after that character. Uh, We have Margaret Morgan from the Lords of Salem. Uh, She cares not for bathing, hygiene, or really anything other than ensuring she gets a vessel by which the devil's child will inherit the earth. And that was played by Meg Foster. And that's a shout out to Rob Zombie. And finally, we got the bad bitches that are creatures. And I really wanted, like, how can we not mention Tiffany from the Chucky franchise? Yeah, she was a human once, but she's a fucking ticking time bomb trapped inside the body of a doll. And she'll even fuck Chucky up if she's mad enough about it. And I think tonight, as we're recording this, the second season of Chucky is uh, appearing and like, oh, my God, the TV show is just like so fantastic what they've done with it. So um also next nod out, we obviously have to mention the xenomorph queen from Alien. Yes, this is sci-fi, but it's definitely the stuff nightmares are made from. I don't know. I don't I don't think I'd want to be trapped in space with her. <laughs> no, you. you. And I've seen Alien. All Thanks. the aliens. See, look, yeah, of course. <laughs> but like that's horror, man. Like that scares yeah, the shit I out of me. So. Too. And then finally, um, we're giving a shout out to Medusa from Greek mythology, because some days I wish I could just turn men to stone. How about you? Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> <Hell> yes. <laughs> Yeah, so we have just covered a very short list of the bad bitches of horror, but we want to know who you love, hate, want to be, all of it. Drop us an email, send us a message on Instagram, let us know, and uh, yeah, we'd love that, and maybe we'll even do a shout out here on the show next time. Absolutely, and next week, when we're back, we're still continuing on with Halloween and horror, and we're returning with a fan favorite, I was today years old, the Halloween edition. As always, I'm little Leah. I'm Carla. We are the Radical Sex Witches, and we will see you next time. Hello, witchy listener. It's Carla here. If you're feeling disconnected from pleasure and unfulfilled in life, reach out to me and let's connect on a free call. I love helping women like you shift to owning your sexual power, reconnecting to your body, and finding your unique radical sex witch within. Go to carlawainwright.com or find my contact info in the show notes. Let's co-create a life for you that is truly turned on.